I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, this is the Bear of Texas reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, today I want to talk to you about Super Bowl 27. So once again, I'm going back into the time machine. Super Bowl 27 took place January 31st, 1993. Well, not long after I was born, because remember in the last episode, talking about the 1992 NFC Championship, which was the day before I was born. So the Cowboys beating the Bills 52-17. Well... Not long after I came, finally came to the earth. Well, and unfortunately, the talk about this really makes me feel down because it's unfortunate that I am too young to remember this game. But you know what? I'm just happy to do the research. I'm just happy to learn. So that's exactly what I did. Now, I'm not going to go on a full lengthy description of how the Cowboys did in the 1992 season. Because that's what I did in the last episode. <coughs> Excuse me. But the way Dallas was able to win the Super Bowl, man, oh man, you know, it really doesn't get better than that now, can it? <laughs> you know, this was actually Dallas's first Super Bowl appearance since 1979. Okay, actually not 1979, 1978 rather. During, the, during this, the dynasty of the Pittsburgh Steelers. When they lost to the Steelers 35-31. Can't imagine how painful that had, that had to have been. Because, you know, especially because the year prior, in 1977, the Cowboys would win their second Super Bowl when they defeated the Denver Broncos 27-10. That same year, Tony Dorsett was the Offensive Rookie of the Year and Randy White was the Super Bowl MVP. Really amazing stuff. You know, not to mention, you know, three Cowboys, you know, actually got awards that year. And it says here, you know, Harvey Martin was also was defensive rookie, uh, defensive player of the year, I should say, as well as Super Bowl MVP. So I was like, so was there, was there two MVPs that year? But not gonna, not really concerned about that. You know, the Cowboys won that Super Bowl, so I guess that's all that matters to me, right? You know, not long after winning that Super Bowl, the Cowboys still remained good for some time until the early 80s. But like I mentioned, you know, before, you know, 86 to 90 was really the, the drought. And, of course, there was, you know, the dreadful 1989 season. But don't want to get too deep into that. But, but the, the playoffs, the Cowboys, you know, had to go through, you know, to get to uh, the Super Bowl to play the Bills. I mean, knocking off uh, Steve Young and the 49ers. And not to mention, Steve Young was voted that year's MVP. So the Cowboys uh, knock off, you know. A, a team that's you know, is arguably a whole lot better than them in all uh, corners. <coughs> you know, doing it, you know, at Candlestick Park, you know, the, the Cowboys, you know, had really gained a reputation. If, you know what, put them as the underdogs because that that's what, it doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter to them because the Cowboys are just going to win the game and literally shut you up. Man, you know, when the Cowboys returned to the Super Bowl for the first time in 15 years, the Cowboys really had to make it special. And what I should mention is, is that this game of Super Bowl 27, the final score, Dallas 52, Buffalo 17, 
It's still today tied for the th- as the third highest scoring Super Bowl. A combined 69 points. That's pretty freaking amazing. And unfortunately, in the Bills' case, the Buffalo Bills became the first team to lose three consecutive Super Bowls. <laughs> but as well, they became only the second team to play in three straight. Which, of course, back then was the Miami Dolphins. The game was played at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. It was actually the seventh Super Bowl to be held in the L.A. area. That's really amazing stuff. You know, and, and I hate to mention this to the Bills fans, but the Bills and the Cowboys would meet, a, would meet a year from now, okay? The Bills would once again come up short despite, the, despite you know, the game going differently. So it's really hard, you know, to be a Bills fan, you know, under, and live with the fact that the Bills went to the Super Bowl four years in a row but could not win the big one. It hurts me to say, you know, Jim Kelly, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. It's unfortunate that he's recognized as the Hall of Famer that could not win the big one. Now, for the Dallas Cowboys, this was their sixth Super Bowl appearance. You know, a 13-3 season, you know, uh, was, you know, their best season in so long, you know. And, you know, as far as the Cowboys and the Bills playing, you know, from what I'm reading, it was the first time they had played each other since 1984. So it really seems like the Bills and Cowboys didn't really have any history now, did they? Well, if that's the case, it was surely about to change. The Cowboys just dominated right from the get-go. 35 points off of a Super Bowl record of 9 turnovers committed by the Bills. And what I should mention is, is this game is that Jim Kelly did not play the entire game. He suffered an injury in the second quarter, and he was replaced by Fr- Frank Reich. And to be quite honest, Jim Kelly really wasn't having a good game. You know, he finished, well, 4 for 7 for 82 yards, but 2 interceptions, and sacked twice. You know, it, it really wasn't going to go well. You know, I, I really feel like the quarterback change didn't, it certainly wasn't going to do Buffalo any favors. I mean, as far as the Cowboys go, it certainly did theirs because, you know, the Cowboys would sack uh, Frank Reich twice and then, you know, intercept two more passes from him. But, you know, man, nine turnovers by the Dallas Cowboys defense. You know, as a Cowboy fan today, that this is what we want to see in games. We want to see the Cowboys force this kind of turnovers in every game possible. Because there's the saying, defense wins championships, Right. And in this scenario, the Dallas Cowboys proved it. I mean, almost every single team that's won a Super Bowl has proved defenses win championships. Man, I'm looking at these stats. Troy Aikman, 22 for 30, 273 yards, four touchdowns. He was sacked twice. Three rushing attempts for 28 yards. Emmett Smith, 108 yards rushing on 22 carries, scored one touchdown. My, you know, and I'm looking at you know the receiving core. As well, you know, Michael Irvin, just it's just it's just it's just so unbelievable. Looking at all this, this defense, you know, Charles Haley, of course, registers one sack along with Leon Lett and Jim Jeffcoat. You know, all these players, you know, all the talent that was there at the time, it's just unbelievable. Michael Irvin had six catches for 114 yards, scored twice before halftime. That day was really a good day to be a Cowboys fan, was it? And I know a lot of Cowboy fans, if, if they're listening to this, and if they, if they were around for the days of the 90s, I mean, this one game, you know, me talking about it, it's probably making you cry, and really, I'm sorry. 
you know, it's just for me, I, I got to go back and I got to see how things turned out because with Cowboys football today, how the Cowboys won that Super Bowl, I mean, you don't see that anymore now, do you? Not surprisingly, wow. Cowboys had 408 total yards while the Bills had 362. A total of eight fumbles by the Bills. Five of them were lost. Cowboys had three fumbles of their own and one was lost. So the Cowboys, you know, had one turnover on their own. <laughs> Not surprisingly, the Cowboys committed more penalties. Eight penalties, <laughs> a total of 53 yards. <laughs> I guess the penalties was a problem by then. And they were they only managed to sack the quarterback. You know, they, they, you know Troy Aikman was only sacked once. Uh, much, to, much to my surprise. But, you know, back then, you know, that, that offensive line was... It was something, wasn't it? You know, at halftime, man, Cowboys up 28-10. to 10. But it, it surely wasn't over. And, and when I'm done recapping the Super Bowl, I'm going to let y'all know something that some of you probably do not know. And believe it or not, you are probably going to laugh your ass off. But after halftime, from what I understand, the Cowboys would go on to get the ball back. They made it 31-10. to 10, But the Bills were probably not ready to go away just yet. No, sir. Because after the Cowboys make it 31-10, to 10, Frank Wright completes a 40-yard pass to Don Beebe to cut the lead 31-17. Okay, and that was the score at the end of the third quarter, so the Bills were still in it. But then the Cowboys said, let's just go and finish this and go back home as champions. Because Troy Aikman would throw a 45-yard pass to Alvin Harper to make it 38-17. Shortly after, Emmett Smith would run 10 yards to make it 45-17. And then just to rub more salt into Buffalo's wound, the final score, a 9-yard defensive fumble returned by none other than Ken Norton Jr., and what I should stress to you folks is that the Cowboys had two fumbles for return in this game. Player Jimmy Jones had a two-yard defensive fumble return. I guess that's where things really went out of control because, believe it or not, the Buffalo Bills actually scored first. The Bills actually drew first blood. So, the, of course, the Bills scored you know, first. The Cowboys uh, respond. Jay Novacek had that 23-yard touchdown catch for, you know, from for the pass from Troy Aikman and then Bills fumble, you know, at the two-yard line, and the Cowboys, you know, return and score. Boom. But, you know, just like that, you know, the Bills would manage to make it, you know, 14-10, but then the then Michael Irvin, you know, scores two consecutive touchdowns, and, and that's when really it, it, it was over. I mean, I would, you know, I, I really now I really wish I had been watching the TV at the time. It's just unfortunate, though, I was not around for it. So, Troy Aikman would be voted the Super Bowl MVP. Of course, the Cowboys were favored. And the attendance, wow, nearly 100,000 in attendance. And of course, the coin toss, O.J. Simpson, of course. I guess, I guess you might, it might as well be. I mean, it was in, it was in the L.A. area, and O.J. Simpson's the, the Southern California Trojans legend. Of course, this was, you know, prior to the whole, uh, you know, the murder case and whatnot, which I, don't wanna, I really don't want to get into, but... But a halftime show, man, M- Michael Jackson performed at that halftime show. And according to most critics, you know, or actually, you know, period, it's considered to be the most dominant, the most popular, or like the best halftime show in the history of the Super Bowl. 
Which brings me to this little story that I want to I want to share with you. I mean, I'm sure some of you know this, but a lot. But for those of you who don't, you better hold on because this is gonna surprise the hell of you. But then again, it probably won't. Michael Irvin, not long ago, confessed something that he did during the halftime of that Super Bowl. Now, keep in mind, the Cowboys were already up by 18 points, but Jimmy Johnson decided, you know, Jimmy Johnson being who he is, the the successful football genius that he is, obviously felt that the game was still not over because, you know, it's not over till it's over. The, you know, and I think just like him, I mean, it's not over till it's over. So, all the Cowboys are in their locker room. Jimmy Johnson's giving us halftime speech, you know, working, you know, talking about game plans, some adjustments that, that do need to be made because keep in mind, even though Dallas was dominating, there were still adjustments to be made. I mean, that's football. There's always something that needs to be fixed, always something that needs to be worked on. But how Michael Irvin tells the story <laughs> is that he explains, like, as Jimmy Johnson's talking, a lot of the players are like, come on, coach, come on, coach. But what we should understand is that, you know, Super Bowl halftimes are known to actually to not being short at all. They're actually pretty long, on the contrary. But Michael Irvin confessed that he, along with several other players, decided to sneak out of the locker room to go watch the halftime show. I mean, the, to tell you the truth, folks, can you really blame Michael Irvin <laughs> for this? I mean, it was Michael Jackson performing at the half uh, at the halftime show, and this would go on to be the the greatest performance, uh, halftime performance in in the history of the Super Bowl. I mean, probably the the best halftime performance in football period. And, and you know, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. You know, the players are not really not allowed to actually go watch. They have to be in the locker room. I mean, some might suggest didn't they, didn't they have TVs in the locker room? Couldn't they watch it? I'm like, well. If they did, I am pretty sure that Jimmy Johnson would probably order them to be off because, of course, if he's talking to you, he doesn't want you to be distracted. He would want you to pay close attention to him. But, you know, that's just, you know, Jimmy Johnson, you know, one of the most you know successful football minds in history. So, of course, if he's talking to you, he expects you to pay attention. Because if he catches you not paying attention, well, you may as well be in a world of trouble. But, I, you know, I find, I find it so funny. I've, <laughs> you literally sneak out of the locker room... Just to, just to go watch the halftime show, but you know, and and, and you know, my my question to Michael Irvin is, you know, if I could ask him, does Jimmy? I mean, obviously, I'm sure Jimmy Johnson probably knows now, but you know, I would I would love to ask Michael Irvin, what would have happened to you if you got caught? If <laughs> I mean, Lord knows what would have happened. I mean, some might say maybe Irvin would have been benched. I'm like, no, I really don't think that Jimmy Johnson would have taken that chance. I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I really don't know how... No one really knows exactly fully how Jimmy Johnson operates. I mean, like I said, he, you know, he's one of the greatest minds in football ever. He's one of the greatest coaches. I mean, won the national championship as a college football coach. Won the Super Bowl as an NFL head football coach. And, but keep in mind, Jimmy Johnson and Michael Irvin had quite a relationship. I mean, you know, it, in Michael Irvin's case, it's really got to be unique to be coached by the same dude in college football as well as the NFL and to win a championship with that same coach. I mean, this reminds me of another story that uh, Michael Irvin said about the his first day at the University of Miami when he got in a fight with a teammate over a steak. <laughs> I guess I could say that Michael Irvin really has the best stories, but then again, I'm sure that a lot of a lot of the players from the the Cowboys from the '90s, I'm sure there's a lot of good stories out there. But you know, it's, it's just it's just such you know, I, and I gotta really gotta confess this, or really have to admit that Michael Michael Irvin's little. Uh, 
plan that day, his little act that day, you know, sneaking out of the locker room just to go watch Michael Jackson's performance. That, that's one of the that's one of the highlights of Cowboys history. I mean, it really does because a lot of, a lot of fans really gonna get get a kick out of this. But, but like I said, you can't blame the guy. <laughs> you know, and but of course, you know, for me, you, you know, for me, if I I probably would have been too scared to do it. You know, I probably wouldn't have been that kind of player. But of course, I mean, I, I really do wonder who, who, which other, which other one snuck out with uh, with Irvin, but. You know, you know, some. You know, but right now, what I'm wondering is, you know, how did you? First of all, how did you sneak out without being caught? Like, did you did you actually talk your way out to tell Jimmy Johnson you had to go do something and whatever? I mean, this is just bringing up so many questions. But, but Michael Jackson did it, and you know, and I'm sure that today he doesn't regret what he did. I mean, keep in mind, <laughs> he actually got to be part of the greatest, you know, halftime performance ever. Well, maybe not part of it, but he he was there when it happened. Like, he could actually tell his, you know, kids and grandkids. I was there when it happened, and I won the Super Bowl that day, and I went on to win two, and I went on to win two more. But the question, but now I really wonder. Wonder, I wonder how Jimmy Johnson feels about it. I'm sure by then, if he had caught Michael Irvin, he probably would have been fuming. But I guess now, I guess nowadays today, he probably says, oh, "Well, you can't blame Michael now, can you?" But then, it's really hard to tell. But, but I'm pretty sure that you know, Mike, Jimmy Johnson. I, I really would have feel he'd probably get a laugh out of it today, but but back then, probably would have been a different story. That takes care of that, and, and, and I really had to mention this because, you know, whoever whoever would have would have imagined that Michael Irvin sneaking out of the locker room at halftime to go watch the, the halftime performance. I mean, it's not like it hurt the Cowboys. The Cowboys went on to win fifty-two to seventeen, so. I mean, what impact did it really make? I mean, no negative impact, so so that's that. You know, the build-up to making it this far, the Cowboys really needed to be resurrected, and, and winning the Super Bowl really did resurrect them. Because, you know, from 1966 to 1985, the Cowboys were in the playoffs 18 out of the 20 seasons. This was under the leader, the coaching and the leadership of the great Tom Landry. Five Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl wins. But then in the 80s, you know, things started going bad. You know, after the Cowboys went 3-13 in 1988, you know, in early 1989, Jerry, uh, Jerry Jones bought the team. And in possibly the most controversial move in the Dallas Cowboys history, he fired Tom Landry. And that was Dallas's only coach <laughs> at the time. Like there had there had never been another coach before him. I mean, when people, you know, all these people that are not fans of Jerry Jones that really like to criticize the man. I mean, a lot of times, they, you know, they're right. The, the, when I ask them, "What do you hate the most about Jerry Jones?" is they'll say he fired Tom Landry. Now, if you would ask me, did he make the right move? Look, I can't say whether he did he did or not. But then again, you know, it brings up a what if in this situation. What if he didn't fire Tom Landry? If he didn't fire Tom Landry, would Jimmy Johnson never have come to the Cowboys? Would the Cowboys, the 90s dynasty never happened? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I understand a a guy as legendary as Tom Landry. I mean, you're not going to have, you're not going to be perfect, right? But, But that's the first thing when we think about Jerry Jones is he fired Tom Landry right after he bought the team. I guess that was the first official move that Jerry Jones did. He fired Tom Landry. 
I mean, I can't really be as upset about it because, you know, I wasn't, you know, I unfortunately never watched the Cowboys during Tom Landry's coaching days. I mean, if I can go back in time and watch a couple of those games, I certainly would, but but then, you know, the arrival of uh, Jimmy Johnson uh, from the University of Miami came, and you know, that's when things really started happening. But, you know, of course, the Cowboys would have their worst year, you know, uh, in Jerry, Jerry Jones's inaugural uh, season as the owner, the Cowboys, you know, went one in fifteen. Of course, that year, you know, the infamous um, Herschel Walker trade took place. So sometimes, you know, thinking, you know, some people might argue Jerry, Jerry Jones made the hard decision, but he did what he had, what had to be done. I mean, maybe he did. I mean, I, I can't I can't go deep into it because you know these are just merely theories. You know, I have my own theory, but you know. But at the end of the day, all I say is, you know, Jerry Jones, you know, did it. You know, it it, it happened. So, I mean, it was thirty. It was over thirty years ago. So, it's it's not like we're gonna have Landry forever anyway. But but go back to the that season. You know what I should mention to you folks is that. Again, you know, the Cowboys, you know, 13 and 3, the second best in the league. Uh the San Francisco 49ers had the better record. They were 14 and 2. You know, what amazes me that the Cowboys had the number 1 defense in the league that allowed uh, a little a little over um, 4000 yards. Uh, to be precise, it was 4278 yards. They were also fourth in fewest points allowed with a total of 243. <clears throat> And as well, you know, a number one defense against the run allowed only 1,244 yards. I mean, to some of those old so those fans back then that were fans during the 70s, I mean, this was giving them a nostalgic feeling. Like, they, were, they would tell the, the, these newer fans, like, this is just like the, day, the days of the doomsday defense. But, you know, and, and what, was, what amazes me is that none of the Cowboys defensive players made the Pro Bowl that year. Hmm. You know... And this has me thinking of the fact that this year, the, the 2020 season, none of the Dallas Cowboys went to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> and I can't really say I'm surprised because of, you know, everything that went wrong. I mean, I mean, I feel like, you know, if there was a Cowboy this year that probably should have made the Pro Bowl, it would probably have to be uh, Amari Cooper. I feel like Trayvon Diggs probably would have would have gone had he not gone hurt. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Trayvon Diggs certainly impressed me, but... Uh, but that you know that year, no Cowboys going to the, going to the Pro Bowl. I mean, but then again, you know what? It doesn't matter because those players they they got something better than the Pro Bowl. You know they were in the they were in the freaking Super Bowl and they won it. So who the hell cares? But, you know, the defensive line. I mean, Jim Jim Jeffcoat, Tony Talbert. You know a, a combined you know close to you know twenty sacks. Uh, Jim Jeffcoat had ten and a half. T- Tony Talbert had eight and a half. Of course, you know those Charles Haley who had six that year. And, you know, that year, what I should mention is that in 1990, Charles Haley actually led the NFC in sacks, although he was he was a member of the 49ers at the time. He was actually acquired uh, by, uh, by the Cowboys uh, before the 1992 season. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I mentioned this last episode that Charles Haley and George Seifert, their relationship deteriorated because I, I guess Haley had uh, had some behavioral issues and issues off the field. So, And I'm guessing Haley probably wasn't really happy there anyway, so he probably wanted out, so... Yeah, so so Charles Haley, you know his, uh, you know him being his a uh, being part of the team, you know being part of the defensive line, it was was really something. Uh, it was really something special. I mean, Ken Norton Jr., you know, also being part of the team. I mean, that secondary was just so solid that year. You know, the likes of defensive backs uh, Kenneth Gant, 
James Washington, you know, a com- you know, combined six interceptions total. You know, a rookie cornerback by the name of Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith, you know, who's just a- an amazing player with speed. And I mean, the Cowboys just had a hell of a defense that year, and, and it just makes me wish even more. I-, I wish that. I wish that. I wish it was like that today. <laughs> hmm. Now let's talk a little bit about, about the offense as well. It'll be because. That year, you know, I'm I'm kind of going back to that season. I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, breaking the vow I didn't want to do earlier. But the offense, of course, you know, had 409 total points. Aikman had, you know, an amazing season. 302 uh, completions out of 473 passes, which ranked him second and fourth in the league. Wow. Had, you know, close to 3,500 yards, which made him fourth in the league. His 23 touchdowns made him third in the league. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I really apologize. I, I guess I must have gone you know, too deep. I mean, I, I got s- all these facts that I have, you know, I, I just feel like I, I really got to I really got to go through them. But man, you know, this was uh, and I mentioned that that particular win in San Francisco was just the beginning. I mean, I think that was the first step, but winning the Super Bowls is what really gave the birth of this dynasty. I mean, football was just, you know, it was something special then, you know. It, it's certainly different today, but check this out. Here's actually a couple of records that were set. Most fumbles in a game. Hmm. Frank Reich. Wow. I mean, most extra points in a game. So, Lynn, uh, Lynn Elliott, wow. Seven extra points in that game. That's, I mean, that's, that's just something so special. Of course, you know, talk about the Hall of Famers from that game that would go on, you know, Urban, Aikman, Smith, the Triplets, Charles Haley on Dallas' side and on Buffalo's side, James Lofton, Andre Reid, Jim Kelly, Terman Thomas, Bruce Smith. Wow. You know, it, it Excuse me, I'm just I'm just really losing my train of thought. So, but the way I'm gonna close this, you know, based on everything I have said. So, if you were to ask me, how did the Cowboys win this game? I mean, it's simple, really. The Cowboys came to play, but they they really got in in Buffalo's head. Now, of course, you would ask me, well, why why do you say that? Because the Cowboys won by forcing the Bills to make to make mistakes. Okay, and the Cowboys would would take advantage of those mistakes. I mean, to say that the Cowboys took advantage of those mistakes, ladies and gentlemen, that is just one hell of an understatement. Because like I mentioned earlier, 35 points off of off those nine turnovers, okay? Three, uh, 35 points total. That's pretty fucking amazing, okay? Now, if you were to ask me, did, were the Cowboys lucky that Jim Kelly got hurt? I mean, probably you can say that, but... I think, honestly, it doesn't matter if Jim Kelly had gotten hurt or not. I still feel like the Cowboys could have won the game. Dallas still could have, you know, won the game, you know, the way they did. I mean, Frank Reich was a pretty good was a pretty good player. You know, Frank Reich's numbers, you know, certainly not the best numbers, but a respectable amount of numbers, honestly, if you ask me. You know, 18, 18 for 31, about 200 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. I mean, it was, it was not enough to... Uh, to keep the Bills in the game, but 
But, you know, in the third quarter, you know, you know, made it 31-17. You know, that was going into the fourth quarter. So, the game still could have gone either way. But, but in, the, in the fourth quarter, the Cowboys just decided, you know, like I said, let's end this and go home as the Super Bowl champions. And that's what they did. <coughs> Excuse me. I should mention the Cowboys came to this game of, you know, not so, you know, of course, you know, the number two seed of the NFC while the Bills were, were number four. You know, the Bills were 11-5 and that year. You know, of course, they came to the playoffs as wild break. Uh, excuse me, as a wild card team. You know, of course, you know, in Dallas's case, uh, the number one seed was obviously San Francisco. But wow, and, you know, this is actually something I did not. I did not know this. Right, but I didn't know this until before I started recording. That apparently Super Bowl Twenty Seven was originally scheduled to take place in Tempe, Arizona, where the Phoenix Cardinals at the time were playing at Sun Devil Stadium. But uh, I don't want to get too deep into this, but apparently it changed. Uh, it has something to do with uh, some sort of some sort of controversy surrounding Martin Luther King Day. I mean, I I don't I, I didn't decide not to get too deep into that, but but it's it's a you know it's a, it's a shame really that it had to be changed. But but Pasadena, California, you know, is certainly a great place to have to have a Super Bowl. But this Super Bowl is really gonna be is is really considered you know something huge, you know, and you know and Buffalo was certainly a, a good you know team at the time. You know, of course, you know the Cowboys were certainly the better team, and you know what I should mention is as much like the nineteen ninety two NFC Championship, the Cowboys were a bit at a disadvantage as far as experience goes, because Dallas was you know like I mentioned in the last episode, Dallas was a young team and the average age was close to twenty five years of age. But not to mention, the, the Bills have been in the Super Bowl the last two years. Even though they lost, I mean, still, they were there. So that's a bit of experience, but... And you know, and when, when you don't have that much experience, you know, a lot of people would fear that the Cowboys are going to, you know, under all the pressure that they're under, they're going to crack under the pressure. They're forced to know a number of mistakes. And, and you know, and I should mention, you know, this was actually from uh, from, from some researches that... Buffalo was known to being a no huddle offense, okay, and when there's a team with no huddle offense, you know you don't have the, you don't have those uh, couple of seconds to catch your breath, uh, catch your breath, and then uh, you know kind of get set. I mean, because Dallas's defense was, was pretty young, <laughs> it's pretty young indeed. Because you know, and you know the fact that they were young, I should mention that a lot of these players were, were in their first Super Bowl. And but you know, it's not so much that the Cowboys were in their first Super Bowl in 15 years, but like I said, for these players, it was their first appearance. So, but Dallas, you know, didn't everything went their way? They won the game. Check this out: Jimmy Johnson came into this game looking to become the first head coach to win the College Football National Championship and a Super Bowl. To this day. He's only one of three guys to actually do it. Barry Switzer, of course, is the, other, the, the who was Jimmy Johnson's successor, and the current head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll. So Jimmy Johnson joins his uh, his successor, Barry Switzer, as well as Pete Carroll, as the only coaches to win a national championship in college and win the Super Bowl. That's pretty freaking amazing. And and out of those three guys, two of them coached the Cowboys. Unfortunately, you know, when we think of Barry Switzer, you know, when we lost Jimmy Johnson, 
that's certainly another another painful thing to deal with. But you know, the biggest what if right 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 there? What if Jimmy Johnson had actually stayed with the Cowboys? Well, I can honestly say, I would have guaranteed you that the Cowboys would have won at least several more Super Bowls. It's a shame, really. <laughs> Think about it like that, but fortunately, it's true. You know, three Super Bowls in four years, it really doesn't get better than that now, does it? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank y'all very much for coming here today, sitting down and listening to me kind of go over Dallas's Super Bowl win in Super Bowl 27, 52 to 17. I'm sure for a lot of you, it's a great memory to talk about, and I, and I know that much like you, I'm really hoping the Cowboys can finally get back to that kind of dominant form. I'm sure one day it'll happen. All I can do is pray. Cowboys Talk, ladies and gentlemen, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. How about them Cowboys? <laughs>